welcome back to another episode of Irons Overland. We've been MIA a little bit. Jake's been uh, ditching me every time that we talk about getting together. So, welcome back. Yeah, I just I decided I don't really like you anymore, so uh, I just I just never wanted to pop up on the podcast with you anymore. Yeah, I know. I'm forcing you. Have you tied up right now in the back room? Just throw a microphone on you. <laughs> I'm blinking right now for everybody listening. I need help. Somebody come help me. <laughs> so, after our little uh, time being away, MIA, being busy between work and family life and stuff like that, today we're going to talk about balancing our camping life and podcasting and all that. I think it's a good topic since <laughs> we've been gone a little bit. It is an absolutely perfect topic, and I think especially with all this uh, rising cost of fuel, groceries, just your everyday life, it's good to bring up how we how we can afford some of our trips or how we're, we're crunching our pennies and everything. Um, I know, obviously, for me, these past really two months have been pretty pretty rough, but really the last month was the worst with specifically work because I really haven't even been... I haven't been home too much, but so we've talked, I think we've talked before. We're both firemen. Uh, we both have part-time jobs, so we're, we're working quite a bit, but the good thing about being a fireman is we work basically nine to 10 days a month because we work 24 hours at a time. So we do have quite a few days off in between, um, our specific schedules. Sean's is a little bit different than mine. He works 24 hours on and 48 hours off. Mine's a little bit more complex. I basically work three out of five days, and then after those five, I get four days off in a row. But basically, every every three days I work, I get a, almost a four-day vacation, basically, without having to take time off. So that definitely helps with us being able to plan trips because we've got such a large amount of time um, together without really having to take a whole lot off. So if I take one day off, I'm getting six days off. If Sean takes one day off, you're getting, what, five, right? Yeah, five days. So it's pretty easy for us to to get, you know, basically a week of time for us to take a trip if we want. And we have, they're called swaps. So we can swap our days that we're working for somebody else's basically without having to spend money. The departments are okay with that. So, hey, I want Friday off. I'll work your Monday. And now I get, you know, that six days off in a row or three days, whatever it is. So that really helps with our, like I said, our, our trip planning. Um, obviously, being gone for 24 hours will uh, affect your family um, because we're going to take 24 hours away from home and then come home and go on a trip right away. So for me, I've got a wife and a son. Sean, you've got a very serious girlfriend. I just call her your wife anyways. So <laughs> we, both, we, we both have uh, we both have at least our immediate family, um, not including our blood family, you know, our immediate families that are houses that want to see us. So how Sean, what do you do to really um, make her happy? when you want to take a trip like how do you I, i'm not saying that we have to ask for permission but we definitely have somebody else to think about and what, what kind of things do you do to make sure she's okay that you're going to be gone on a trip if she's not coming with you give her everything that she wants and buy lots of food <laughs> that's that's a pretty good uh that's, that's a pretty good way to go about it do uh, you no <laughs> keep uh, going <laughs> no uh whenever uh 
decide to take a trip or anything, it's at least have to take um, an extra day to spend the whole day with her because then that's her day. She gets to have me for the full 24 hours or however long uh, we decide before I'm gone for a week or four days or three days. She she gets her time with me and that's what she wants. That's all she cares about and it helps me out too because after after the first night of camping alone, I already miss her and I want to come back. And my dog too. It's just like it's it's it as I get older it gets a little bit harder and I can't imagine having a kid and then going away from that too. I'm like just her alone, it's just oh, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely uh it definitely wears on you, you know, more than I ever thought it would. You know, when I'm at work so much, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I just want to go home. I want to see them, spend time with them. But you think, hey, a vacation's a vacation. You're not really going to miss them as much. But you do when you're gone from them, especially when we're out places where we can't, we don't have cell service. We can't talk to them even. You I know, at least when I'm at work, I can, I can, you know, Snapchat, FaceTime, all that. But out in the wilderness, you can't. I think that's the big thing for me, too, is not being able to talk to her. Because, like you said, no service at all for some of the spots. Because this last one, we went all the way up to the quinoa, and we went all the way up to High Rock Bay, and there was absolutely nothing there. Yeah, and that, I mean, the good thing is that I've got that spot X, so, like, I can I can text back and say, hey, I've at least made it here, so she knows I'm safe, but that still isn't, it's not the same. You know, I think that really is probably the biggest thing. Um, for me, though, I do, I do kind of something similar because I feel bad since she stays home with the baby all the time. So, like, she doesn't get out nearly as much as me. I go out into the real world. I'm working, uh, you know, I'm interacting with the public all the time, going to a bunch of different places. And if she's not going out with friends or my parents or anything, she's just at home with another human being, but a human being that really can't hold a conversation. You know, he's not, he's, he's almost two, so he can talk, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, do whole sentences with you. He can't hold a conversation. So Baby I'm sure she's out of her mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she's out of her mind. So I feel bad that if I'm taking a trip, she's at home with him. And again, it's not like it's the worst thing in the world, but I'm having a good time and out interacting with more people and she's not. So I try to, I try to take her on trips too. So like, when you and I went to the Ozarks, I took her, we went up to Wisconsin to see a bunch of our friends and camped up there together. So it was like, you didn't want to see me. I have my, yeah, I didn't, well, you were gone anyways. Didn't matter. <laughs> um, so we had our Ozark trips, the guy's trip without her. And then the next trip I went on was with her. And before that, I, I've been basically, we tried it. I try to balance it out like that every single time. So if I'm taking a trip by myself, I try to at least if not take her out on a date night or something so that we get that. But I also, she also went to Illinois to visit her friends for four days and I stayed home. So like, that's kind of my balance is trying to make sure that I'm not the only one taking trips that she also gets a chance. Then it makes it easier when I, it comes time when I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take these four days and just be gone. You won't see me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll, uh, We'll take trips together. Um, I think our most recent one was up to uh, the UP to cross the Mackinac Bridge and go on Mackinac Island and everything. So that was our time together. But she, she's not really the backwoods outdoor camper style. She's more of a glamper where she needs the plumbing, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't blame her. 
no, it's not. I, there's a lot of people like that. And, I mean, Kristen really hasn't gone on too many super backwoods trips. Like, it's been campsites or, like, when we went up to Wisconsin to camp, it was a friend's property. So, there's, they have, I mean, it's a whole setup there. They've got a bunch of land that they made sure they have outhouses. And they've got a double wide with an actual bathroom and shower. So, she hasn't really experienced the true, true faraway stuff. But... I, she could probably handle it to a point, but some of these trips we go on, I definitely don't think she'd want to come with. Yeah, Kelsey said that uh, if I were to take her, we need to stay at campgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's at least a good uh, compromise. So she'll go with you at least. You've got her to that point now. <laughs> yeah, but now it's colder weather up here, and we have to travel south if we were to do that now, so... <laughs> well, you're about to get a heat wave. We're sending warmth back up your way, so. Yeah, that would be nice this weekend. The 30s have been a little cold. It makes me miss the south. That's for sure. Oh, man. We got. It's been like 50 here, and I walk out in the morning, just walk right back into the house and bundle up. It's, it's really sad. We've had our heat on for the past couple of days. We turn our fireplace on. It's um, been terrible. Mine's been on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my well, so, like. Right now it's forty nine degrees. It's fifty degrees, and that's cold. I'm I'm cold. Y- y'all are not that much warmer or colder. Uh, where are we right now? Let me take a quick look. Uh, uh forty one right now. You know it's crazy. I still have the Dells in here from when I was looking up the weather. It's warmer in the Dells than it is where you're at. That's crazy. It just I. Those jet streams, I just don't understand how they work. <laughs> <laughs> so how? Let's let's go into money now, because the time I think the time is a lot easier than money. Realistically, you've got, I mean, even the folks that don't have fireman jobs, you know, you can you have weekends, so you can take a little overnighter trip if you want, really, as long as you're close enough. Which I think that's another big thing. So you and I are relatively blessed that we're close to a, not a ton of trails. We're not, it's not like Colorado or East Tennessee or anything like that, but like I'm three hours from LBL. I'm four hours from the Ozarks. You know, I'm a couple hours from a few other places so I can go take, you know, a, a one or two night trip and not feel bad about it. I'm not having to drive six hours every single time. So we don't have to take a week. So I guess it's really a, a, a location thing and a job thing if you're close enough your those weekend trips are okay but if you're far away you know somewhere that's just in the middle of the cornfields i, I guess i feel bad for you that's that's a little bit harder to manage you're only going to be able to get a couple trips a year because you have to take your vacation or pto time to to get to those places oh yeah um for me being uh southeast of wisconsin about four hours and you're already up in upper wisconsin and then the up and you're already hitting dirt trails and enjoying the wilderness and it's not bad yeah i mean what was your did you do two nights with ziggy uh yeah i think so so you really didn't have to take time off for that either nope Uh, i just did one trade and had the time off i was able to come back home and have uh the rest of that afternoon and the next day to kind of decompress a little bit from the driving and put everything and clean everything up because I like to take my rooftop tent off, put it on some sawhorses, open it up, let it 
fully air out, vacuum it out if I need to from the dog hair from a husky. <laughs> and whatever <laughs> little grass clippings and whatnot that gets in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's awesome. Like, just two days, you really didn't have to take time off, and you got to go on a nice trip. He was showing me pictures. We went out to dinner the other night, and that was beautiful. I really am sad that I was in punk school. Oh, so we as we were talking about it, we're like, we the time we went, we need to go a week later, and then you get the peak of the fall colors because they were just starting. Well, they already had a couple frosts, so they the trees were already changing. But uh, one more week, and you had been perfect, right? In peak season and everything else like that. That's what he was saying. It was it was just you just missed it. It's like dang. Um. So. So yeah, there we go again. We've we've pretty much time is is kind of like I said, kind of an easier thing I think to work around. At least in our case, in my opinion, the money thing I, I think is the the hardest thing, especially now. Oh yeah, I during uh, what was that like a month ago or so? Uh, I was just like getting all excited because gas prices were starting to drop a little bit, and I'm like, yay! <laughs> you know, I'm driving a big truck and. <laughs> Like yes, <laughs> gas prices are coming down. I'm like I won't expect to go back down to like a dollar fifty like it used to be, but I'm like maybe I'll hit the two dollar range again. And everything would be more reasonable and don't need to pick up like those extra shifts just to pay for fuel for camping because that's what I'll do. Is like okay, I'm gonna go a camping trip, try and figure in a rest estimate of how many miles and how many fill ups it's gonna take. So it's like okay, I'll pick up one extra what we call a volley shift. So, um, it's 12 hours, um, get paid just to pretty much be a helping hand and I'll pick up one or two of those before a camping trip and that's my spending money. Now, with fuel prices, that's all it goes to. <laughs> so, not food or anything else like that or any extra wear or tears that might actually happen on my truck. Right, and that was... <laughs> that's a that's a big thing to think about when you damage it on a trip. <laughs> yeah, like our last trip. <laughs> but I'll tell you that when I went up to Wisconsin, even I was feeling it because I think I think it was about fifteen or sixteen hundred miles round trip, and I spent five or six hundred dollars on gas. I was like, oh, geez, I was not expecting it to be as high as it was, and that's just because I was. I gauged it off of gas prices down here, but I knew it was going to be a little bit more expensive, obviously, going up through Illinois. But it was, I mean, it was probably 30, 40 cents more expensive than I thought it was going to be. And we didn't, you know, I had two days where I just didn't drive at all because it was just parked while we were at, at the campsite. And wow, I, you know, that was that was the majority of my trip. Spending money was, was actually on just gas because our food was... You know, I mean, our food's expensive, but it was only a couple hundred bucks for a few days. Um, I mean, even we spent a night in the hotel uh, for Kristen's birthday. The hotel and our dinner and drinks there was cheaper than gas. You know, I couldn't believe that. That's insane to me. That's really sad. I went to go buy <laughs> some milk the other day. I'm like, God, gallon of milk's cheaper right now. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, for me... I, you know, I budget for sure for these trips, but you have to really, I think nowadays you have to really, really go in depth and, and 
and start crunching so many more numbers to figure out how much you really do need to budget. You know, let's say I'm going to drive 600 miles. So that's 1200 miles round trip. So right there, I just got to assume right off the bat, I'm going to spend $400 on gas. And even that may be a low number. So you kind of want to jump that up. So maybe 450, add an extra fill up or two in there. So you're at 450 for your gas. And then how long are you going to be gone? You know, four or five days groceries, probably going to be 200 bucks, maybe a little bit more, you know, and that's, that's crazy to think how expensive groceries have got. So right there, you're at six, $700 now. And then if you're staying at a campsite, if you have to buy any permits for camping, uh, any, you know, maybe special dinners, you might go out or lunch or breakfast. If you see a place you want to stop at, that's a couple extra bucks you're going to have to spend. And then, like you said, your unforeseen stuff, you know, are you going to have a tire blow out? Are you going to have a suspension part break? Are you going to have something that won't let you get your vehicle back. Um, I try not to count the body damage <laughs> that you and I have accrued yes. because it didn't really disable the vehicle while it doesn't look pretty, but it wasn't a, like mine's obviously, I'm not, mine's not fixed. It's not going to be fixed for a while. I just don't, it's there. I don't like how it looks, but it's not impeding my truck at all from actually functioning. So to me, I'm not going to count that in my trip cost right up front because I I was able to get home. So that's kind of that's that's kind of splitting hairs there. But I mean, just thinking about a a like three day trip right now is probably going to be a thousand dollars depending on where you're driving to. That's insane. Well, not to mention driving there, you got to like on top of like you're factoring in your fill ups. It's like okay, now you got to get back. You got to fill up your truck again or your vehicle again, and then you got to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is a lot. I understand why people aren't really taking as many trips now because it's just, is so expensive. I, I mean, I took like four back-to-back trips within a couple of months before I did all these classes and work. And I'm like, wow, I, I, I just, I can't afford to go on another one for a few months. Like I need to stop and save up some more money before I can just take a trip again. It's, it's insane. Oh yeah. I, not only the, the gas prices going up, fuel or fuel, uh, food prices have gone up too. I don't know if you looked at that at all too oh yeah i look at that every single week when we go grocery shopping that's <laughs> like oh yeah 150 bucks was able to get me through the week and dog food and everything and now it's like 200 250 and it's just right now it's uh my dog and i because my girlfriend does not live with me and it's just like wow <laughs> it's it's crazy so i think the hard the hard thing for that is just actually is is you know how much do you want to go on this trip you know can you can you can you mentally take picking up more overtime or something to be able to budget for this trip and that's the thing because this these trips are like my de-stress my outlet so when i go camping that's kind of what that's what calms me back down brings me back to earth but if i'm stressing to pay for the trip is it really going to actually calm me down is it going to be better if i just stay home but then that takes away your whole hobby. Like, this is what I want to do. I've, I build my truck out. I want to do all this stuff. This is fun. It's, it's you know, crazy to think about all of that. Or you might just have to take a, a page out of, like, the RVers or something like that and just pick one campsite and stay there for the two or three days and not go anywhere else. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it just blows my mind how expensive camping is now. Camping was the cheap outlet before, and now it's not really... I mean, it's not like it's obviously still cheaper than everything else, but everything else is just so much more expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's uh, 
Inflation's definitely taking a toll. And even some campsites are thirty to fifty dollars for one night. I'm like what? Why am I spending fifty dollars to sit on a, a just a flat spot that doesn't even have water hookup or electric? Like what? What are you people thinking here? Where are you going that has that? Because <laughs> that I might be over exaggerating a little bit. Okay. Because <laughs> I know uh, when I went out to Colorado, I did pay for a nice. Uh, travel trailer campsite that had electric and water and that was $30 okay well that's still to me I think it should be like $15 but I guess I think they go more <laughs> for trying to get the, the week long campers because it is a discount rate when you do spend a week or two weeks there I've really contemplating looking into uh, getting a little like class B motorhome or something just to go to campsites as much as I like my truck and camping, I mean, I like the off-roading. That's a thing. So I don't want to not be able to use that. But an RV is very uh, tempting sometimes if I had the money for one. I think I'd just get a travel trailer. That way you can drop off the trailer, uh, set up a little base camp thing, and then still have a semi-vehicle uh, capable of uh, doing a little a couple off-road trails and stuff. And that way you can bring, like, the ATVs and stuff, too. Well, when when my ATV's working. <laughs> yeah, man, I, like just sitting here talking about this, you know, I had things, ideas coming into this about the the balance of all this. And I think even to two months ago, thinking about the balance to now, my mindset has changed a little bit. It's just crazy. It, it's, I mean, just with all the inflation, all this price change is scary it makes you not want to take these trips and but you still do like i'm still sitting here itching to go on another trip even if it's just a quick overnight trip somewhere but i just know well there's a couple hundred dollars i gotta spend even just for for me to go do that i mean you could always uh you have a yard and everything you could always just drive the truck in the back and <laughs> just go just go sit in the very back aim away aim into the trees not look at anything and pretend like i'm somewhere far away yeah have a, <laughs> set up in our little bonfire pit back there and <laughs> if you get too cold or something you can always just walk inside the house <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> but at least for me up here it's winter's rolling in winter is coming uh uh so camping is going to be about done unless i go south but uh that's adding on about almost 1500 miles again yeah that's it's almost not worth it unless it's going to be some big amazing trip and that's the thing that sucks because for like for you to go to lbl is to me after we did it like i love lbl and i'll probably go back there a whole bunch but it's a three-hour trip for me if that was an eight or nine hour trip for me, I don't think I'd be going there. Yeah, that's it for me. Eight hours. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, even if we didn't go into Turkey Bay, but that's more you know like harder core off roading. But just to to get the campsites, there, I mean, we had a very nice campsite. But to me, I feel like like for you, you could go to Devil's Lake and see basically that at an actual campground and still be able to hike and everything. Uh, and that to me would be more worth it than going to LBL. If you can get a campsite, that place is like booked year round. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I mean, for me, really, the only close place is gonna be LBL. That's worth it. And like I said, it's three hours, a couple hundred bucks for you. 
I mean, it's hard for you because you do have to drive to northern Wisconsin, so you're still, you know, four hours up there. But it's just, man, <laughs> kind of makes me depressed thinking about this. Right? I mean, it, <laughs> I, it all it all comes down to fuel prices. It really does for money and everything else like that. Uh, a couple years ago, it would have been per. I would have gone anywhere. I went down to Alabama. I went to Georgia. I. I did all that Eastern Tennessee. It, it was easy because a round trip really only cost about two hundred bucks. Right, and now now it's ridiculously expensive. And you know the the last thing that I kind of want to bring up money wise is is your vehicle too. So we obviously talked about anything that breaks on your vehicle when you're taking the trip, but I mean that's not including your general general maintenance and upkeep. You know, keeping it clean and all the stuff that you actually need to be able to go. Now, granted, you and I pretty much have what we need to be pretty self-sufficient without issues. Like, I don't I don't feel like I have to spend a whole bunch more money on my camp setup. Really, the only thing now is just a couple more upgrades for the truck. But those are not, for most of what we're going to need go do, it's not really needed as much. But, I mean, that was thousands of dollars that you and I have invested right there and now it was mostly over a few years, obviously, but that's still for the average person that doesn't have all that stuff. It's, you know, you really have to start thinking smart and budget camping. Oh, yeah. And I've been noticing uh, I'm upwards to another. I, my truck has 200,000 miles now, so I'm at another 100,000 miles of same shocks and ball joints and stuff like that. So now being off road and taking all these trips it's a little bit more tow so i'm noticing that it is going to need replacing now like everything looks sad and the ride is not comfortable anymore <laughs> so right and you're <laughs> that's going to be another thousand dollars to replace the ball joints and shocks and everything else like that and it goes back to buy once cry once is i had rough country and everything it's i'm gonna go up to the upwards of uh uh, wow, I just blinked right now. Um, I'm looking at uh, different control arms, a dirt life or whatever, um, where everything's replaceable. The bushings, the ball joints, the control arm stays the same, but you just replace the parts inside the control arm. So the longevity of it is a little bit longer than um, the rough country ones. I mean, I called them and they're like, oh yeah, it's a this uh, replaceable ball joint and I'm like looking around I'm like I cannot find it <laughs> well I actually like I kind of like uh, I feel bad for you you know that you broke that the axle the CV axle so many times but after that LBL trip it was like well I don't think I'm going to go with rough country and it wasn't even just that it was ex- it was uh, cheaper parts because obviously they're a little bit cheaper but they're still they're still decent. <clears throat> I think they just wear out a little bit quicker than some of the other ones. But oh yeah, they're really. It, my, mine was more the fact that I didn't want to go as high, and there wasn't a lot of other people that offered a three to three and a half for my truck, and I went with that Bilstein, you know, basically a strut lift. And man, my truck still rides really comfortably. Now it's only up two and a half inches. It's not like a ton. It's just enough to put some slightly larger tires but i feel like these are some of the uh balance things you've got to think about early on in your overland builds you know how crazy do i want to go and if i do go crazy 
am I going to have the money or skill or time to invest when all this needs to be replaced or, Hey, I've thrown this lift on there, but I really need to add about 10 more parts to extend the, the life of all this. So it's like, man, maybe going smaller up front is honestly the better answer, not just for your budget. You know, mine's mine doesn't flex. It doesn't really bother much of the, the suspension angles at all. And it, it, keeps the factory ride and it's it's really not reuse it uses a whole bunch of other parts so to me i feel like that may be a smarter smarter uh choice in the long run because now i feel like my my suspension may last a little bit longer not being as high and not using as many different parts but yeah. who knows i i regret putting the three and a half inch lift on my truck i do ever since i did that the geometry has been off a little bit more even though that it um has the spacers for the lifts and supposed to keep everything in um, ride height uh, geometries correctly and everything else like that. I've noticed more problems with it. The CV axle, the ball joints and everything else like that. And I even spent the extra money to get um, the control arm so everything has better articulation and uh, everything else to keep it somewhat stock looking or I guess geometry level. I'm getting way out of track here. Uh, it, <laughs> the wear and tear on it is so much quicker. Where with the two and a half inch lift I had, it was perfect. Like so, I know for whatever vehicle I get next, I am just gonna go with the two and a half inch lift, and then I will get the 35s. I mean, I had to do a little trimming of the inner fender, but it's gonna be worth it because everything's gonna last a lot longer. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's honestly even tire size you know i was taught man i really want 35s i really want 35s but i think i'm just gonna end up going with 33s just when it saves me some money and two it's less it's less wear and tear on everything again the drivetrain the suspension all that and then i know when i'm actually off-roading and we get into those tough spots that it needs to flex a little bit I'm not stuffing those tires into fenders. It's they're they still have space. I'm not I'm not pushing it to the 34s, 35s range. So, I mean, it's it's so crazy, man. My mindset now compared to five years ago with my Jeep. Now, Jeep obviously is a lot different than the truck is, but just the entire direction of this build is more budget friendly and practical than it was before. I always had this mindset: bigger tires, higher suspension. This thing's going to be able to go through everything that I need it. But honestly, I overbuilt that Jeep to the point that it wasn't fun to drive anymore. It kept breaking stuff. And I never even I never even used it to its full potential because I had so overbuilt it. So it's it's that's a really big thing I think a lot of people don't look into. And I never really looked into until taking this truck stock on a few trips. So it's, I say... The trip that we did down to the Ozarks with just your lift kit. I mean, once you get tires and everything, but that truck is pretty capable for what we went through. <laughs> well, we accidentally went through. I couldn't, I mean, right there, I was like, wow. You know, obviously we got some damage, but that's, I think the damage, to be honest with you, was mainly the size of the truck. And that's not going to be fixed with much more that I can do. So I think with tires, I think you'd be good because i'll just give you a little bit more clearance and you'd be set because my my truck made it through all those obstacles pretty pretty clear like i didn't hit any body work on the rocks or anything because of the tires 
Right. And the only time I really needed, I mean, obviously I hit the rocks on that one spot, but I don't think my tires would have bounced. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shush. I don't think <laughs> I don't think tires would have bounced me off there. Maybe an extra inch or two would have helped. But I mean, that only spot that I really saw the weakness was when I had to use your uh, your traction boards when it got high centered on that rock coming down, and that extra you know inch and a half, two inches got the truck off of what it needed to be and kept going. So. Yep. And yeah. uh, going into balance life and money by some sort of traction boards <laughs> yes I, I will stress that <laughs> enough that uh but if if you don't want to buy a winch buy traction boards they help in numerous ways more than just uh <laughs> leveling your truck for camping <laughs> or the aesthetic looks of oh yeah i have them on the side of my vehicle they work they even if it's just a cheap amazon expo ones they work and they help yeah the balance your money balance right there okay so we're talking about budgeting make your make your list of what you want for your vehicle and your camping setup and really research what is going to help you the most i mean stock four by fours can do a lot more than people think and you know i've i've said i've probably i've probably talked about that to death i've beat that horse to death but your recovery is is much more important in my opinion than your actual lift um, and suspension parts of your vehicle your tires are important you need some tires that are grippy and you can actually handle the terrain but your recovery is like the number one thing if you've got these other things of recovery then you're gonna be able to get through most of the trails obviously you're gonna get to a point where you're like wow this is i should not be here which we did but <laughs> your recovery is going to help you and that if you're if you have to spend money somewhere to be able to take these trails that should be your priority i think yeah, for if you're just starting off to get a build, uh, the way I would do it is recovery gear, um, lift if you're going to throw a lift on it, and tires. Yeah, I agree. Other, if you're buying a used vehicle, then maintenance first, and then go into that. Yeah, I guess that actually should be your number one. Should be your make sure your vehicle is mechanically sound. Yeah, that's that's very important. Now, I've had enough vehicles that were not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just if you're a brand new vehicle, then it's fine. It should be mechanically sound. If you're buying a used vehicle, five to ten years, go go through everything first, and then buy your recovery gear, and then your uh, tires, and then lift or lift then tires, depending on what you want to do. Spend that extra thousand hours, I would say, and get everything right first. But recovery gear for sure. Well, I mean that's pretty much that's pretty much all I, I've got. I hope uh, I hope we've gave you some food for thought on balancing some money or budget or time. Obviously, we're a little bit everybody's a little bit different, so it's possible to get out there and do these things. You just have to figure out the best course of action for yourself and be smart about it, especially with with how things are nowadays. And just have fun whatever you do. Don't. Um do whatever you're comfortable with. If it's just down to the closest state park, just to camp overnight or whatever, too, just get out there and enjoy the time while you can. We'll see you next week. Later's. Mm-hmm.